It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Welcome to the latest episode of our new podcast, Go Atlanta, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm the AJC's arts and entertainment editor, Shane Harrison. We're here every Thursday to introduce you to the most interesting people, places, and things to do in and around Atlanta. This is the podcast to get you ready for the weekend. I'm Yvonne Zussel from the AJC's food and dining team, and I'll be telling you about an old Atlanta favorite restaurant that will be reopening next week. I'm Rodney Ho, entertainment reporter at the AJC, and I spoke with Jane Fonda about her new film, 80 for Brady, which may or may not bring back PTSD if you're a Falcons fan. And I'll tell you what we have coming up this week in Go Guide on Friday and in the Sunday Living and Arts section. If you're listening to this podcast on AJC.com, please take a moment to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. We're back on Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, and I just uh, just happens this week that we just got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations. And uh, it was... I don't know. It felt a little underwhelming to me. I don't know. I mean, there's stuff yeah. I'm excited about on it, but yeah, you're right. It's a lot of really, really good acts, but maybe are they truly? And, and then it comes down to a debate. And of course, the debate is: is, it, is this really rock and roll? Too, yeah. you, got, you, yeah. you know, Willie Nelson's a true legend, and like Dolly Parton, but that's country. So, in this right. perpetual debate, is it just the music hall of fame? Really? Yeah, I don't know. And, and of course, they've got a couple of hip hop acts. Tribe Called Quest is back, and Missy Elliott's the first female hip hop act right. to be nominated. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it always has felt to me like it's, I mean, they, they should really change the name or make it clearer <laughs> that it's not just rock and roll because, I mean, it, there, it's so many different genres, especially this year that they seem to be pulling from. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that being said, it's I, I, exciting to see some of these people being acknowledged. And, you know, I mean, obviously, we don't know for sure if they're going to be inducted ultimately, right? right? Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah, Missy Elliott in particular, I think, is is one that I'm excited about. And yeah. George Michael, posthumously. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm an 80s child, so George Michael <laughs> and Cindy Lauper. I loved Cindy Lauper. I don't know if she's rock and roll, wor- Hall of Fame worthy, but I adore her. Um, she's on the back of my, um, <laughs> on yeah. my phone. 
So Rodney just wants to have fun. But she's right here. So <laughs> oh well, yeah. Um, you are a yeah, true fan. A great visual for a podcast. Your true colors are yeah. that you're a true fan. Absolutely. That, in fact, that is from the True Colors uh, album. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm excited because I think the possibility of Kate Bush finally getting in yes. is really good yes. this, this year. This is her fourth nomination. Yeah. So she's oh wow. Been close, but yeah. um, I mean, this is the Stranger Things year for her, right? Right. That it Very feels much so. like. I think because of that, over the edge. she. I think yeah. she deserves it, given the oh, influence absolutely. she's had over the years. She hasn't had the domestic U.S. success up mm-hmm. to this point, but you know, yeah. so yeah. many acts have just looked at her as a inspiration. Yeah, I actually, I actually went on and 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 did my my fan vote thing this morning when I was. Oh yeah, I, you could like do it was, once a day until April twenty eighth yeah, because I was editing Rodney's story and, and I had the link. Was, so so yeah, you can find all of the nominees there. But um, yeah, Cindy's leading right the second, like in the early going. Oh, she's really? Number I didn't one, even which is kind of surprising that. to me that she's number one. And Kate Bush is only like ninth or something, which is surprising. She's not in the top 10 at the moment. Huh. But that's only, you know, and again, the ballot is only one out of a thousand. Like the, right. the fan ballot is virtually worthless. It's just a PR move because yeah. really one ballot will not make or break the, um, you know, the choices ultimately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm somewhat surprised that Warren Zevon hadn't already been inducted. I don't know why. Just Well, I mean, he's just not, I mean, I, I love Warren Zevon. He's yeah, same. awesome. He's, he's wrote some incredible songs, yeah. but, but I mean, he's not, you know, on the radar of probably that's the true. average He's a little fan. bit. Yeah, that's true. He is a you little know. bit under the radar. Yeah. And I mean, some of his biggest hits probably came when other people did them, like Linda Ronstadt. Sure. Um, that's Yep. So yeah, it's true. but but yeah, accidentally like a martyr is just an incredible song. Yeah. And, you know, he, I think he deserves it for that alone. Just that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm really happy Joy Division New Order uh, got nominated oh, as a combo deal, surprised. which is fascinating. I'm yeah. surprised they had yeah. not been nominated previously. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, that, considering that, does seem that odd. you know the Cure and you know Depeche Mode have been nominated, yeah. and why haven't they? Right. Because so yeah, because they would have been eligible for quite a while. Oh, long time. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like for the past twenty years. Practically, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. And and it's odd that they're, you know. They're combining them. I mean, it's yeah. debatable whether you should, but, you know, Ian Curtis died in 1980, and pretty much three of the other the, of the existing members of Joy Division formed New Order. Yeah. Which ultimately was kind of a difference, a very different sound, actually. They, they definitely yeah, felt yeah. different without Ian. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can debate that one. But that's, again, the whole point of this is to. You know, as like we are just yapping about it. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, Everybody's and, got an opinion. Yeah, that's the thing. People people love to talk about it. And I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why they do the long list, yeah. you know, just to get people talking about yeah. it. And uh, um, yeah, and I, I think Missy Elliott is, I'm excited about that too. I think she definitely yeah, deserves to Yeah, that feels in. deserved. Again, um, if you're, you know, uh, assuming that rock and roll is an umbrella for yeah. all music. genres, and right? Yeah. I mean, music you, Hall of Fame, yeah. You kind of do at this point. <laughs> at this you point, have you have that. to, exactly. That's why Willie Nelson would certainly earn a spot as well. Yeah. He's another that I'm reason. like shocked hasn't been inducted already. But, but, I, I, but I get a sense they've probably diversified the uh, nomination committee to the point that yeah. they're, they're being a little bit more open for yeah. different, to different genres. Yeah, they certainly are. And, and, um, and speaking of music, it's like we just also got a couple of uh, announcements this week. Um, the um, Beyonce announced her tour, right? Um, so Mercedes coming, Benz, she's, uh, she's yeah. going yeah. big. I mean, yeah. she'll be able to fill that out. Oh, oh, heartbeat, think, yeah. right? That's I, I, not even a question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There aren't many people who can by right. themselves. Yeah, right. As she is Taylor one of Swift few. has already done so. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, Bruce. she can. She's coming in August, right? 
Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think I, I didn't right. check. And yeah, the, I don't think they've even announced the tickets going on sale yet. It's just that she's announced she's the tour. Coming. I'm not sure. Yeah, not sure how many that much tickets are going to be or when they're on sale. But uh, we'll we'll certainly. The good thing about know. being a Mercedes Benz is uh, yeah, you can probably get nosebleed seats at not too outrageous of a price. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. I guess it's all relative. Yeah, it's I would August imagine 11th. even the nosebleeds for uh, for Beyonce would still be yeah, <laughs> pretty pricey. Probably not going to be cheap. Yeah. August 11th, you said. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And and also they they announced uh, this touring festival, which brings back memories of Lollapalooza in the early '90s when it was, you know, it started in Chicago as just a festival, and then it started as touring. a touring thing. Yeah. Um, and this is called the Reset Festival, um, and it's going to be touring around the country, uh, coming here to Atlanta and. I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, June about 9th that. to 11th at Central Park, uh, you know, exactly one month after um, the Shaky Knees Festival. Yeah. And I imagine there's probably a lot of overlap in the the fans that would go to Shaky Knees. That's a yep. lot of money yeah. to be spent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the three headliners: uh, LCD Sound System, Steve Lacey, who's very new but very hot. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, and Boy Genius, which is kind of like a a supergroup of three indie. Yeah, uh, singer songwriters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, Steve Lacey's actually been around a while. It's like he's I, just I, but getting he's now true. just his like flowers. Yeah, he, he found <laughs> breaking his, through and yeah, bad yeah. habit just exploded. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He sold out his Tabernacle show here a few months ago, like immediately. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm sure that uh, oh, it'll be a big crowd. That'll probably do well. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, we've uh, we've got a story about that too, uh, where the where you can get tickets and all that. But yeah, I'm very excited about that. First night with LCD Sound System and Jamie XX and yeah, they mentioned like tickets starting at ninety five dollars, but I'm not sure what that means exactly. It wasn't very clear how they were pricing things and what the ninety five dollars meant. So yeah, I, I'm not I sure. We'll find out soon. I mean, they if, often do like you know just the first round of tickets for festival type things like that. They make you buy like the weekend pass. I mean, ninety five dollars would be very reasonable for an for, entire for weekend. A weekend pass. Yeah, if that's yeah. A weekend early. Um, it's, it's a pre registered. It's a registration right now for tickets. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you, they often will do, like, the weekend pass, and then they'll do, like, the individual days later. Right. I don't know how Day they're passes, doing it. Yeah. Do we know yet if Music Midtown is going to be coming back this fall? I just asked Peter yeah. Conlon last week, uh, who runs Live Nation Atlanta, yeah. and he he just he didn't, he didn't just begged off the question. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I don't know. It's weird. It the whole gun thing doesn't right. seem to be impacting other festivals. It seems like that one festival is where they got scared off, and but it, nobody else seems to care. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, yeah. Central Park is a public space also, you know. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not really clear why Music Midtown got scared off, or yeah. they possibly used that as an excuse because sales were poor. I, I have no idea. I'm, I, yeah. That's the I, rumor now. It just it's made like, me think of it because I, I feel like some of these acts that are going to be part of the reset series would be obvious picks for something like Music Midtown. So you know, if Music Midtown mm-hmm. isn't coming back, then maybe it's that is true. It doesn't matter as much, but right. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I'm, but I'm I mean, curious. but Music Midtown would be later anyway. Sure, that's true. Show, a few yeah. months later, yeah. But it's like it used to be in spring. Mm-hmm. But it does lock out acts, though. It's not yeah. like I don't. I don't true. think Music Midtown would. I don't think it's set up that Music Midtown would use any of the acts from necessarily yeah. mm-hmm. from reset. True. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the rules work, but sometimes there's there are issues between festivals. Clauses. Right? Yeah. yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. like yeah. well, booking guests we'll to talk see. shows. We'll right. see. Right. <laughs> Um, well, on to our, our hot topics, and uh, one of the hottest topics this week in uh, the dining scene is that uh, there's a restaurant coming back that uh, sort of a late lamented restaurant that has moved and is reopening after 
several years. Right? Yeah. So Holman and Finch uh, closed uh, the end of 2019 after several years of being on Peachtree. And it is going to be reopening next week, February 9th, inside Colony Square, which uh, has been undergoing a multi-million dollar uh, redevelopment over the past few years and has snagged lots of really big name, high profile restaurants, including Rumi's Kitchen, Scenes and Council, and a... uh, a food hall. And so yeah, it's like and night Finch, and day over there. Yeah. yeah it's, the it's completely different and it's really impressive what they've done actually. And so yeah, home invention is going to be part of that, that mix. Um, it's uh, a restaurant uh, from Linton Hopkins, who uh, is a James Beard Award winner, and uh, he used to own Restaurant Eugene, which was located next to mm-hmm. Holman and Finch on Peachtree, and that also closed in 2019, which was, I think, a big loss. Yeah. Uh, it was really an amazing restaurant, but it's sort of, I guess, the timing worked out because they closed right before the pandemic started. <laughs> so in some ways, you know, it maybe it worked out for them. Right. Um, but yeah, so they are back. They're, the the new restaurant, the new space is going to be almost double the size of their old location and the menu is going to have a lot of familiar favorites including the cheeseburger i was going to ask if they I, have the burger yes the burger is coming back <laughs> you shouldn't have to wait for it they used to do a thing where they only made i think 20 a night and yeah. you had to come in and wait for like two yeah, hours it was, like, it was like at 10 o'clock or something yeah it was like a late night thing yeah. i mean it was an experience and it was kind yeah. of like there was this cachet and saying like oh yeah i got a homan and finch burger like uh so fancy <laughs> you know but um and they are delicious they're delicious burgers uh but yeah they're they're not going to do that anymore. So uh, you you should just be able to walk in and, and get the burger. And, uh, you know, they have like a, a whole section of animal parts, which they did at the old location, too. So they have like veal brains and um, mm. things like that for the more adventurous eaters right. among us. And uh, yeah, beverage program. And uh, it's it'll be interesting to see see what they do in the new space. Right. But um, yeah, but it does seem like it's going to going to really speak to fans of the former restaurant primarily. So oh, what days opens uh, February 9th. Oh, great. Uh, so yeah. Are they taking reservations already or, you know, uh, yes, they are. And, you know, it's the the, uh, Linton Hopkins, along with his wife, Gina, owned several other restaurants in Atlanta. So this is just going to be adding to his portfolio. He has CL at Steakhouse, at the Battery, and a couple places at Pound City Market. So, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so and, exciting. And yeah, if you you know want more information on that, go to AJC.com. We've got a story there, right? Yep, we sure do. Cool. And uh, Rodney recently found out that uh, Scott Slade is leaving WSB after a long time. Yeah, he made an announcement last week. Friday, February 3rd, I'll be taking a break and stepping aside as host of Atlanta's Morning News. After 32 years and a day, it's time to get some rest before whatever comes next. And this is not my retirement from WSB Radio. So that next something is going to happen here on the station I love and grew up with. He was there as the morning host for 32 years, going back to 1991. So the Internet wasn't even a thing, really, when he started. So that's how long he's been around. (laughs) And he started at WSB actually in 1984. So he's been there. You know, he's. You know, it's time, and he was ready to ready to move on. Uh, But they haven't announced a replacement yet for him. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's yeah. It's amazing to to have that long a run on radio. Well, yeah, and that's a tough one. I mean, he has to wake up at like four in the morning for that one. I mean, that's Mm. that's an early morning run too, and uh, it's a tough job because he's constantly having to interrupt himself with 
traffic breaks every five seconds, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> weather report. It, it, it's, it's like an air traffic controller type of job, the way yeah. WSB rolls things through. It's very fast-paced. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. And you can check out more about that on uh, on AJC.com. And we may have more when we find out, you know, what exactly yeah, and I haven't had. I'm trying. Entails. I'm trying to snag him and talk to him a little, bit, but he hasn't. He hasn't gotten back to me exactly on when to talk. He's a very modest guy. He probably doesn't even want the attention. Yeah. <laughs> so he hasn't really been all that enthusiastic about talking to me. Too I'm bad. Like, but come on, I can give talk. you. I can give you a. No, you don't have. He doesn't have to. <laughs> he can well, ghost me if he wants that's to. That's true. That's fine. I suppose he doesn't have to. No, he should. Though. Not obligated. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, one other thing we wanted to talk about Monday Night Brewing in particular has started they they're now uh you know they've been doing beer for a long time but they're they're actually doing spirits now and that seems to be a a growing trend i'm seeing lots of distilleries we we recently spoke with the uh distillery modern art folks mm-hmm. and I've just noticed that not far from me, there's now independent distilling in uh, Decatur. Decatur. Mm-hmm. And so it just seems to be a real growing trend. Yeah. Yeah. So Monday Night Brewing launched their own line of spirits called Sneaky Pete. And right now it's only available in cocktails at their two Atlanta locations. So they're not planning on selling it, at least not right now, outside of that. But it is part of a growing trend that, you know, it, it, a lot of these breweries are trying to diversify a little bit, I think. Wild Leap, which just opened, they're a LaGrange-based brewery, but they just opened a really big Atlanta location downtown in the former Gulch area. They, during the pandemic, launched a line of spirits. And then Scofflaw Brewing has their own line of hard seltzer. So so, yeah, it, it does seem to be this this trend, and I think it's just a matter of, you know, really trying to expand their business model a little bit. And then, yeah, you see, you're seeing more and more distilleries also pop up. So they have gin, they have vodka, and, uh, yeah, they're being used in cocktails uh, at Monday Night Brewing that uh, were put together, curated by Tiffany Barrier, who yeah. she's known as the drinking coach around yeah. Atlanta. She's worked at several pretty high-profile bars, and um, it's it's pretty well-known in the area. And so she's the one that put together a list of cocktails, and uh, it's going to be available February 3rd, and we'll see how they are. But, yeah, they sound really good. Yeah, I I, I just love the the trend toward that because, I mean, there are a lot of people who, you know, they don't like beer or whatever, and it's like feels like they might get left out of all the the brewery boom that we've had everywhere. And this is sort of a similar way to for people to enjoy you know a lot of these places have like great outdoor spaces yes um, you know, really cool food pop-ups. I was going to say and- breweries really also have become this sort of like pop-up incubator over the mm-hmm. past few years too, that it's, it's really an opportunity for a lot of these pop-ups to to reach a, a larger audience and also for people who are, you know, wanting to spend the afternoon outside drinking and then they have something to eat also, yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, always a good thing when you've been drinking a lot <laughs> to be able to have True. something to to soak everything up. So, and some of them, I mean, Monday night in, is an example. They actually have their own menu now they they have like pizzas that they're serving at their uh i believe at their garage location on the west end um and so it's like their own kitchen um so yeah i mean there are there are a lot that are doing pop-ups but also some that are some breweries that are really are you know doing have their own food program also yeah like i think lost druid over in avondale Mm -hmm. lost druid was one their own yep um, yeah uh elsewhere brewing and grand park and they're about to open a new location on the west side they have their own kitchen. So yeah, it's kind of, it's like an interesting sort of blending of these two worlds and kind of, you know, really bringing them together. So cool. Yeah. Oh, that's great. 
So, yeah, we, I'm sure we, we have a story on that, right? Yes. And uh, you can find that at AJC.com. Hinsberger. Yep. And uh, Rodney just recently spoke with Jane Fonda again. Uh, you're becoming uh, quite well acquainted with Jane. <laughs> yeah, in, in I guess right day. before her 85th birthday, I, I talked to her. Yeah. And this time it was just to promote her movie, 80 for Brady. Aren't you tired of the same old boring lives? Let's go to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is no place for four old women. This could be Tom's last one. He's almost 40. That's like 80 in people years. Yeah, we're 80 in people years. I just really need this trip. So, yeah, this is a movie that... it's problematic for Falcons fans, I would say, right? <laughs> well, yeah, we are not Go Boston or Go Tampa Bay, so uh, this is not necessarily a celebratory movie for any Falcons fan because it's based in two, you know, it goes back five, six years, six years, 2017, when the Falcons played the Patriots, mm-hmm. and uh, we all know what happened there. Yeah, oh uh, we, we don't, don't know need to read But, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, this whole movie is basically a canonization of Tom Brady. Thus, right. these women, these four older women, um, I'm sure the actresses are much better looking than the real, there, there was actually four women called 80 for Brady. So right. they, they, this is based very loosely on those four mm-hmm. women. And they're played by Sally Field, um, you know, an incredible Rita Marino, who's 91 and looks, you know, 20 years younger. And you know, and uh, of course, Lily Talman and Jane Fonda, who were both, you know, on Grace and Frankie. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the fo- it's a, you know, it's a fearsome foursome. I mean, you got three Oscar winners and one Oscar nominated actress. Yeah. So it's pretty impressive to have those four. And they look, they elevate whatever. Yeah, this is a, a really light comedy of a movie. Right. So right. having those four actresses there at least elevates the movie from, from that perspective. <laughs> yeah. But Who's again, the one who hasn't won an Oscar. Uh, Lily, Lily Tomlin. Tomlin. Lily Tomlin's never won. She has more Emmys than any of the others. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that was that was to make up for the fact that she somehow didn't win right. okay. an Oscar. Yeah. And she also has like a Grammy and a um Tony too. Yeah. Oh. And, Re- and Rita Moreno is is of course I think she was like the original EGOT. She right. Oh yeah, Re- yeah, Rita Moreno. Yeah. Um, so is Lily Tomlin. Yeah, she won in nineteen sixty two. Can you believe wow. it? Wow. Her first Oscar. Sixty Oscar. years yeah, ago. It was how, yeah. Do you think that this story. is gonna be the movie where Lily Tomlin finally gets her Oscar and she can EGOT? <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> I I don't think she anticipates that. I would be shocked. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a feeling eighty for Brady is probably not going to be uh figuring on the the uh nominees. Yeah. Awards. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they don't release like, um, you know, this weekend, obviously, we'll see how they do in the movie theaters, but they don't usually break it down by city. But I'm curious. I would love to see like how well the movie does in Boston versus Atlanta. Uh (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, obviously there are Patriots fans in Atlanta, so maybe they'll go and see it. And if obviously there'll be Jane Fonda fans who may not even care about football and they just want to see the movie. Yeah. So as a former Atlanta resident, did what did Jane have to say about felt very conflicted. I think yeah. she felt bad about it. But obviously she wanted to, you know, they approached her and she obviously liked the whole idea of the movie to be with Lily Tomlin and getting a chance to, you know, spend time and, and you know, for the first time work with Sally Fields. Uh, she said that was so weird. She, she, There was a nine to five movie, of course, that everybody knows, but there was right. also a TV series that they tried to play off that didn't last very long. But apparently Rita Marino played Lily Tomlin's character from the movie. In the nine to five right. yeah, show? Yeah, it's 40, show. 40 really? plus years ago. Yes. That's good trivia. So that was okay. kind of that was a kind of a random <laughs> fact that yeah. Jane had. So she had worked with Rita briefly then, but she had never worked with Sally before. Oh. So, you know, 
can't blame her for doing it. Yeah, yeah. sure. Good for her. <laughs> and Tom Brady has a cameo in it? It's a little more than a cameo. He okay. has a couple of scenes. And he, Is he, and he how, how are his acting chops? Maybe he's retiring from football to go into acting professionally. Uh, no. <laughs> Is that what we think? <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm sure some people would be kinder, but maybe I can get away. With, if I was in Boston, they'd probably be, you know, killing me right now to say that his acting is not egot worthy at the moment. So it's okay. Okay. So yeah, so I mean, he's the executive producer, so he, right. could, you know, he he got all the NFL footage, he got NFL cooperation, so that's why the the scenes of the Super Bowl they meld the women together into the actual footage, which I'm sure we all love to watch again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I mean, you know, why wouldn't the NFL go along? It, it basically looks like a an a, ad, a, a ninety minute uh, or whatever. It is. It is. Yeah. 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 They, they, the yeah. they don't bring up any negative aspects of the NFL in this right. movie. No. Yeah. Not at all. I'm sure there's not no, a single no talk one. of, of, of yeah, any Colin sort Kaepernick, of injuries. Or... Yeah, Colin <laughs> right. Kaepernick does not come up during this movie. <laughs> right. That, so. No concussion, yeah. nope. something like that. And we should also mention that that it just so happens that Tom Brady did just announce that he's retiring. Yeah. Uh, for those who may For not good have this time, heard. supposedly. <laughs> supposedly. Well, I think, you know, yeah, he's is probably this like a Michael on, Jordan thing. Is he really there? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, who knows? Maybe he'll go play baseball. <laughs> It's like how Elton John has had like five farewell tours. Yeah, uh, well, Cher. I think Cher is the, Cher, is the queen yeah, of the queen. the, the uh, farewell the tour. Fa the faux farewell tour. Few, was it the Who? The Who was known for. Oh, the Who did doing farewell tours. Few of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw one of them way back when. Pre farewell uh, tour. <laughs> the second or third farewell tour. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> this is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. The Atlanta Journal Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, etc. Get all of our stories on AJC.com, access to our e-paper, and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. Uh, and before we go any further, I just wanted to uh, bring the room down for just a moment and mention uh, that one of our recent special guests, uh, Gugu, the bulldog, uh, left us this week, uh, sadly. And we all know how that feels. Uh, it's an awful thing to have to go through. So, um, Well, thank yeah. you for bringing it up. Yeah. I mean, she was... She would be seven years old today. Yeah. Aww. So it, totally out of the blue. It did not. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect this one. I know. I <laughs> yeah. know. She was the sweetest dog. I mean, she, yeah, I, I was bringing her all over the place when, you know, now that the temperatures are cooler. So I, I literally brought her here to the studio without even warning you guys. Yeah. I just brought and, her in. But we all got to meet her. And we are all very, very glad you did. Yeah. It, it, was, it was terrific to, to meet her. So anyway, moving on from that, uh, we have some other things uh, in our What's New section. Some openings, restaurant openings are happening. Uh, yeah. Or so, at least one. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's always always stuff going yeah. on. But uh, one, and, uh, one that I think is worth mentioning for sure is a cocktail bar on Moreland Avenue in Reynoldstown called Whoopsies, which I just love that name. I um, do too. That's <laughs> hilarious. What a great name. Yeah. And uh, it comes from Tim Faulkner and Hudson Rouse. Uh, they worked together at Octopus Bar way back in the day in East Atlanta. And this is their joint project. So Hudson also owns Rising Sun and Avondale Estates, which is a kind of a popular breakfast and lunch spot. And then Tim has had a, a couple of drink pop-ups. Um, and so they kind of just combine forces on this. And uh, they're, they're doing what they call 
classy, not classic <laughs> uh, menu of drinks and food. And so they're doing like uh, he's doing like a lot of classic, classic drinks, but with like a twist. So he's doing like a tuxedo and an amaretto sour. But then he's also like playing with recipes uh, from the Playboy cocktail book from like the 70s right. and then yeah Hudson has like the, the the food menu is is kind of fun they're doing a different protein every day that they're open uh, they're doing a rotating sandwich it's a very tight food menu but it's kind of by design so they can really have control over it and uh, you know they're sourcing a lot of their ingredients locally from local farmers and um, and then the two days a week that they're not going to be open they are planning on opening opening up the kitchen to pop-ups uh, oh, which yeah. I think is great I, yeah. that's another trend that I'm that I just love and uh, and that's you know the way that we've gotten a lot of some of our favorite recent brick and mortars is you know they started as pop-ups and out of mm -hmm. other restaurants or at, in breweries or wherever you know so it's uh it is fully open now this is like their first real week they were in soft open mode last week and yeah, yeah. it's uh it sounds like a, it's going to be a really fun place so. well, is it in a space that was previously another it was restaurant? yeah so it used to be a location of hodgepodge coffee house uh their original location is actually further down on moreland uh into like the ormwood park east atlanta area and then they opened this second and sort of satellite location in reynolds town uh it's in the same little area as uh chi chi vegan tacos it's not too far, really, from like the Belt Line and and that type of thing. Right. So it's it's a good. Oh, and Wiley and Rum is another restaurant that opened a few months ago, just like down the block from it. So that's that that little stretch of Moreland is kind of starting to become a little little dining destination, cool. which is kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love the the fact that the pop ups get another another space, especially after the closing of Full Commission, which right. basically made three pop-ups home. <laughs> yeah, well, except uh, one of them very quickly found right. a home. Uh, yeah, So So Fed is, uh, is currently popping up at Okayaki. Also, yeah. actually, <laughs> right next to Hodgepodge, <laughs> yeah. by coincidence, on Moreland in East Atlanta, kind of on the border of East Atlanta and Ormond yeah. Park. So. Yeah, and I know I just saw today that Brave Wojtek, one of the others, is uh, actually going to be at Little Cottage Brewery, I believe, today. Yeah, I think um, that's right. But that's not a permanent No, thing. no, no, no. But yeah. No, just, he's, yeah. I mean, he's back to doing... You know, pop-ups in various places, right. just yeah. like uh, many find. people. Yeah, exactly. Um, awesome. Uh, and speaking of restaurants, we have uh, this week a roundup of romantic restaurants because it's February. Just in time for Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah. Sure so those reservations are filling up on Tuesday, I, February 14th. Right yeah. Now. yeah. Well, that's why we wanted to get this in a little early. And, yeah. So you know, good luck uh, trying to get a 6 p.m. spot at any of these restaurants, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So one of our writers, Angela Hansberger, yeah, did a, a nice little roundup of some of these, some of these restaurants that just kind of exude romance and several of them have been open for a while. I, I, I won't give them all away, but uh, La Grotta is a long time. Oh, yeah. Atlanta restaurant up in Buckhead. Uh, it's been open since 1978, and it's it's very charming. I mean, it's you know it's older, but it's it's still like I think a great day night spot. Mm -hmm. And then on the newer end, uh, she mentions Lila Lila, which has gotten a lot of attention recently, and it was just named James Beard semifinalist for its wine program. But that's also if you've not been a really excellent date night spot, it's yeah. uh, just kind of steps away from the Fox Theater, so you can pair it 
with a show and a and a dinner and a, or a drink. So yeah, it's a beautiful space and uh, it it very much lends itself to romance. All right, well, uh, check that out. Uh, that's in uh, this week's Go Guide yes. and online now at AJC.com. So if you want some other ideas for uh, romantic restaurants, check that out. And we also have in Go Guide a review of Rochambo, which uh, Lagaya has done. We've talked about Rochambo before. Yes, it's um, it sounds like a great concept to me and and I really want to go. Yeah, it's really fun. It's the guys behind Muss and Turners and Local 3 and they just like really seem to know the formula well for like doing a restaurant that's really just going to be like a people pleaser. Uh, so this is sort of a modern diner uh, and Rochambeau is another name for rock, paper, scissors and so they're doing breakfast, lunch, dinner so rock, paper, scissors and uh, you know they have, it's just a fun menu. Uh, they have like disco tots and they have fried chicken and it's it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's still a little bit more upscale for mm-hmm. uh, for a diner. So and it celebrates Atlanta too. Right? It very much celebrates yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, there's a lot of nods to it. They they have a, like the skyline as part of the decor, like a sort of a cutout of the skyline, and then they have old tapes from Turtle Records. Oh yeah, cassette yeah. tapes. Cassette tapes. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> on the wall. Yeah, people uh, like to use vinyl, so that's unusual to use. Yeah, I think tapes. it's cassette tapes. Actually, wait, don't, yeah, cassette tapes. No, that's right. It's fun, and I think they it's just kind of a tongue-in-cheek type place. You mm-hmm. know, again, just doesn't take it sail, itself too seriously, but um, it's it's been a hard reservation to get, so definitely, it's. I don't necessarily know if this is like where you want to take your date on Valentine's Day. I don't think All it's right. that type of place, which yeah. is why we have the romantic restaurants roundup. But um, yeah, definitely worth checking out, and you can read Lagaya's review online in cool. GoGuide. And in GoGuide on Go-Guide. Friday. Yep. And I quickly want to mention, uh, we may not have time to go in depth for this, but uh, SCAD TV Fest is happening. Um, and uh, Yeah, they bring in a lot of um, famous actors and they do screenings of TV shows and bring in panels of actors and and directors and showrunners and stuff. And it, and it's, you know, it's targeting mostly the SCAD students, but it's also open to the public. And this year they're honoring uh, Craig Robinson, who you remember from The Office right. and is now in a show called Killing It. Sarah Michelle Gellar, who was Buffy. Yep. Um, and she's now in a new pe- Peacock show called Wolfpack. And then there's Wes Bentley, you know, from American Beauty. And he's right. also in, you know, Paramount's Yellowstone. Yellowstone yeah. So uh, you, you can meet all of them, at least see them on stage. I don't know if they're actual meet and greets per se, right, but, right. you know, you get to, get to see some of these actors. How much yeah. do tickets run for that type of thing? Um, I mean, it's not that expensive, I think. I think you can get, like, a, a three-day pass for $125 to go to everything okay. you want to. And it's a lot of, you know, there's a ton of screenings and yeah. stuff. And you can do day passes for, like, $50. It's I, I don't think it's outrageously priced for yeah. what you're getting if yeah. you really love TV. Yeah. And when, when is that happening? It's February 9th to 11th, and tickets are on sale now. And that happens, does that happen at SCAD? Or yeah, like, in various locations of SCAD. They like, have three or four different places. You know, SCAD yeah. has a lot of buildings, right? Uh, and it just depends. You just have to look it up on their website. Yeah. And you can go to uh, Holman and Finch, which is nearby. Call That's right. <laughs> Make a night out of it. Yeah. <laughs> to bring it all back around. That's right. Oh, they don't have that theater across the street anymore. That you, I think you're talking about. Well, no, but I know, but yeah. SCAD is still oh, they're right, right up the street. Yeah. Yeah, they, that so, one that was yeah. at Juniper and like Yeah, 14th. and it's now a church. Yeah. Yeah, they, that's right. they sold it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they yeah. used to do their. They used to do a lot of the screenings there. So I'm not yeah. sure. I have to look it up and where they're going to be holding screenings now. But I mean, it's check. right there at the museum district where you know scads oh, right. nearby, high, all of that. Exactly. stuff. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that area has been you know just undergoing so much transformation anyway. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of things to do, we each are going to give you something fun to do uh, either this weekend or over the next several days. And uh, I'll start us out uh, by mentioning that the Martha Graham Dance Company is coming. Uh, if you don't know Martha Graham, she is basically the mother of modern dance. You know, you you may remember from uh, the Birdcage. It's like every time I hear the name Martha Graham, I want to say it like Robin Williams. Robin Williams, yeah. yeah. Martha Graham, Twilight Martha Graham, Twilight Martha Thar. Graham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she was an amazing figure and, and very, very influential. And strangely enough, her dance company has not come to Atlanta since, I believe, 1939. Whoa. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. The uh, Wow, that was when Gone with the Wind came out. Right. <laughs> oh it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's like they're, they're coming to town after 84 years. And uh, we have a story from our, our partners at Arts ATL about uh, the performance, a preview so you can read that online at AJC.com. And, and the, um, the story actually quotes a review that ran in the AJC at the time. So, yeah, it's pretty fascinating. And, uh, yeah, if you don't know Martha Graham, check out uh, her history. She, she was an amazing woman. And her dance company still goes on. And uh, they'll be at uh, the Rialto Center for the Arts on February 5th at 3 o'clock. Uh, so what what have you got for us, Yvonne? I have a uh, event pegged to Valentine's Day called For the Love of Chocolate. Uh, it's being held at the Epicurean Atlanta Hotel, the sort of like food-themed hotel uh, in Midtown. And uh, it's $75 a person, and it's uh, they're going to be – it's a chef demo along with three courses that all incorporate – chocolate. So there's chocolate mole sea bass and candied short ribs with chocolate. And they and that also includes beverage pairings. And they, that'll all be put together by uh, a few local chefs. And that's uh, 6 to 8 p.m. on February 7th. And Rodney, what have you got? Uh, this Saturday, uh, there's the 10th annual Alzheimer's Fest. And uh, it's to uh, provide uh, monies for friends of disabled adults and children. Uh, and the three acts this year are Arrested Development, uh, Cowboy Mouth, and Cracker. Because yep. uh, the lead singer Cracker actually is a professor or lecturer at UGA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. David Lauer, uh, yeah. So you got three really cool 90s acts in one night, and tickets start at 6150 at the Buckhead Theater on Saturday. And yeah. you can you know, get tickets at Ticketmaster. Yeah, and that's been going on for 10 years now. That uh, Vince Angaro started that, I believe. Yes, uh, he did. Way back when um, uh, his his father had Alzheimer's. And, and we've, we've written about him several times. We did a, a really wonderful personal journey. Quite a few years back, um, it's. I'm sure it's still online. You can check that out. Did, did you write anything about the fest? Or? Uh, we had we had somebody else wrote about it. <laughs> we we have a piece. Uh, Carolyn Cunningham, I think one of our freelancers, wrote a piece. Okay, yeah, and and actually, I know that uh, I, I, at some point, our friends at Arts ATL have an interview with Speech of Arrested Development talking about the festival, and uh, so I'll have that also on AJC.com soon. And because it's Black History Month, I did want to mention uh, that we have a story online called uh, It's About Things to Do for Black History Month. And uh, one of those things I wanted to mention is Remembrance is Resistance, uh, Sweet Auburn Rise. Uh, It's something put together by Atlanta artist and activist Charmaine Minifield. Uh, Her Praise House project, which she did at uh, Oakland Cemetery, uh, is sort of an ongoing thing. And this is a series of site-specific public art installations 
that will be happening along Auburn Avenue in the King Historic District. Sounds really fascinating. I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's going to explore the history of the 1906 race massacre and the legacy of black resistance, which also happens to be the theme of our Black History Month stories, which you can find every day uh, in the AJC and online at AJC.com. So Remembrance is Resistance, Sweet Auburn Rise is taking place along Auburn Avenue, February 3rd through the 5th, and you can find a full schedule of the planned activities at praisehouseproject.org. And coming up in Go Guide, we've already mentioned uh, that we have our look at romantic restaurants, and in Sunday's Living and Arts section, to go along with our Black History Month uh, stories, uh, we have a story on Angela Herndon who arrived in Atlanta in the fall of 1931 and organized a group of laborers to march on the Fulton County Courthouse. He was arrested for his role and uh, spent many years trying to get justice, and he eventually uh, did. Uh, And we have his history, the story of his role, uh, the role of communism, because he was an avowed communist at the time, uh, because... They were drawn to that because of teachings on racial equality and uh, class conflict and things like that. But uh, you can explore the entire history of Angelo Herndon in this Sunday's Living in Art section in a story from uh, Nedra Rohn. And we also have a look there at the uh, upcoming play The Hot Wing King at the Alliance Theater, which has won the Pulitzer Prize and the playwright is actually directing this production. Uh, And then we have a story about some local school teachers, which I love this story. Uh, It's uh, one of our staffers, Leon Stafford, went and uh, joined a viewing party for Abbott Elementary to see what local teachers' reaction to what the show is. gets right. Yeah, oh, that sounds yeah. so much fun. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's it's a great little it's story. It's a cute story, yeah. And and I I love this show. It's like Me too. as I yeah. was as I was telling Rodney, I'm like it's about the only thing I still watch on broadcast <laughs> no, TV. It's yeah, like broadcast same, TV's actually. not entirely dead. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> Abbott Elementary single-handedly gets me to watch broadcast yeah. TV. Yeah. No, they they uh Quinta Brunson really uh She's awesome. knocked it out of the park. And yeah. and so does everybody. I mean Shirley Ralph. Oh great. yeah, the whole cast is Yeah, they're they're just amazing. It's just a great show. Yeah. Uh, but this is also a great story talking with uh, the local teachers about uh, what they get right, what they get wrong. Um, and, and mostly it seems they love it. So, yeah. And they uh, all seem to be able to identify with each of the characters, like with one yeah, of the characters. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So. There, there, there's, uh, there's the Janine. Right. And, there's the Barbara. And, there's, and, the, yeah. and the Melissa. So yeah, right, it's, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I have a friend as a teacher. Yeah. It's definitely has enough realism. Right. No doubt. Yeah. And now it's time for our pet of the week. Milo is the playful loving pup that you've been searching for. He loves toys, runs like a llama, and is so friendly. I still don't know what running like a llama is. I want to see that. (laughs) Me too. Uh, But a Lifeline staff member shared this about Milo. He's a very happy, friendly boy with a wiggly butt. Who doesn't love that? He walks well on a leash, is sweet and friendly, and will keep you laughing with his antics. Stop by the shelter and meet him very soon. Uh, Lifeline's Community Animal Center is located at 3180 Presidential Drive in Atlanta. And if you go online to AJC.com, you'll find a photo of Milo and a link to the shelter on the story page for this podcast. Thanks for listening to Go Atlanta. 
We release new episodes every Thursday to keep you in the loop of all the great things Atlanta has to offer, whether it involves planning an outing or just giving you something to talk about with family and friends. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Thanks, as always, to Rodney Ho. You know, I may have to start adopting one of these uh, dogs exactly. at some point. I'm available <laughs> soon. And Yvonne Zussel. Really hoping that the groundhog doesn't see its shadow. Me too. <laughs> and I'm Shane Harrison. Thanks for listening to our brand new podcast. We'll talk to you again next week for more ways to go Atlanta.